There are some things we cannot simply change just by changing what we believe in. God's Word teaches that if we are to experience successful change in our lives, there are practices that Christians got to add to their faith. Practices, things they got to do that add to their faith in order to live in harmony with God's perfect will. Now, think about this. Just as you add paint to your home, just as you hang curtains in your home, just as you hang pictures in your home that help it to seem like it's complete, so too must we add qualities to our faith in order to build this life and become a complete representation of the one we serve. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 5, that's on page 1079 in the Bibles in front of you. The Bible tells us about these qualities that we need to add to our faith. And here's what Peter said that we need to add. He said, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence. That means working hard at it. Add. Say add. Add, add to your faith virtue or moral excellence. Add to your virtue knowledge. Add to knowledge self-control. Add to self-control perseverance. Add to perseverance godliness. Add to godliness brotherly kindness and add to brotherly kindness love and he says for if these things are yours and abound you will neither be barren that is useless and you will not be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ so to become the reflections of Christ that I know we all want to be we need to align ourselves align our lives with the Word of God. How do we do that? Well, we began by staking out, by staking out the foundation of God's property. In Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is how we stake out the property of God by faith. And that is the building block of salvation after we do that then we find that God's power begins to come into our lives and we are able to separate ourselves from that old sin life and separate ourselves unto the God life that friend is moral excellence virtue and it is the building block of separation as we begin to grow in the knowledge of God's truth then we find that we are special. How many of you know today that you are special? Raise your hand if you know you're special. Amen. Friend, you are special. You have been set apart by God. You've been set apart for His good purposes. Why? So that you might be a positive influence in someone else's life for the glory of God. Friend, that's the building block of sanctification. Well, we then continue with learning how to unselfishly give God control of our lives. Self-control, giving God control of our lives. And when that occurs, we are then released to do the will of God 
for the blessing of other people. That, friend, is the building block of service. We then learn that Christians can't have a testimony without a... Christians cannot have a testimony without a test. And that means that we must persevere the trials. We've got to somehow make it through the struggles. We've got to get through the tribulations of life. And that, friend, is the building block of suffering. But last week, God's Word told us to do three things. The Word of God said that we need to work out, we need to look up, and we need to press on. Look, work out, look up, and press on in order to add godliness to our lives. That is the building block of submission. Today, we add brotherly kindness, which is the building block of sharing. And you're going to be shocked to see all the areas of your life where this building block truly should affect you. Now, the original word in the Bible, the original Bible word for brotherly kindness is the word Philadelphia. Say Philadelphia. In fact, the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, boasts that it is the city of brotherly love. That's what Philadelphia means. But in Hebrews chapter 13, that's on page 1071 in the Bibles in front of you, just a few pages back. In Hebrews 13, beginning in verse 1, the Bible explains Philadelphia as it relates to Christian brothers and sisters. Follow along with me in Hebrews chapter 13 in verse 1. The author says, Let Philadelphia continue. Let brotherly love continue. Verse 2, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. I've met some angels in my life, amen? I met some devils in my life too, amen. <laughs> Verse 3, remember the prisoners as if you were chained with them. Those who are mistreated since you yourselves are also in the body. Verse 4, marriage. Marriage is honorable among all and the bad undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Philadelphia. There are three areas in our Christian life where we ought to demonstrate Philadelphia. Where we ought to demonstrate Brotherly kindness. The first of which is we ought to show brotherly kindness through ministry. You see, friend, the whole object of all the various ministries at Bethel Baptist Church is to reveal and to express Philadelphia, brotherly kindness, to other people. To express what Jesus has done in you to other people. We got to learn and we have to be aware that God sends people across our path every day. 
He sends people to you every day. And each one of those people represent an opportunity for you to share Christ's love. Are you taking advantage of the opportunities that God is giving you to show brotherly kindness? There in verse 2, the Bible gives us two specific groups of people to whom we must continually show brotherly kindness. He begins by saying that we ought to show brotherly kindness in ministry to strangers. You see, if we're going to be obedient to God, and I know we all want to be, not only must we show brotherly kindness to the people we know, that's easy. Amen? We must also get out of our comfort zone and be willing to show kindness to people you ain't never met. We must be willing to get out of our comfort zone to show kindness to those people you don't even know. We must be willing to get out of our comfort zone to show brotherly kindness to a perfect stranger. Now, when you think of that word stranger, you could easily substitute the word stranger for these words. Outsider. You could substitute stranger for the word visitor. You could substitute stranger for new arrival or for unfamiliar person. You could substitute the word stranger for the new kid in town. You ever been one? You ever been the unfamiliar person? You ever been the visitor? Have you ever been the new kid on the block? It's not always difficult, is it? And the places that we remember most are the places that reach out to us when we're strangers. Being obedient in this area that I'm talking about, the Bible says that some have been in the company of angels and didn't even know it. One biblical example is found in Genesis 18. Three strangers came upon Abraham while he was resting under a tree. Well, Abraham talked with them a little bit, and he provided them with a drink of water. He provided them with uh, a good foot washing, amen, washed their feet. He also scooted over a little bit and made room for them underneath the shade tree, right, being friendly, being kind. Uh, he even fed them some bread. And it wasn't until a long time after that that Abraham found out that they were angels of God. Never neglect showing kindness to strangers in ministry because you just never know who they might be. But the Bible doesn't stop there because we're also to show brotherly kindness in ministry to those who are suffering. Now, the prisoners in verse 3 are people who were mistreated and imprisoned because they wouldn't shut up about Jesus. They were in prison for obeying God. They were in prison because they were sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But you know whether a person deserves to be in prison or not, we must still minister to them in their suffering. I wonder, has anyone here at Bethel thought about starting a prison ministry? Many others suffer 
with sickness, disease, affliction, debilitation. They're battling cancer. They're battling a, a, a terminal disease of some sort. I wonder, has anybody here thought about choosing just one of those people in our community? Just one of those people and decide to continually minister to them in brotherly kindness. There are many other people in our community who suffer with a broken heart. Maybe they've gone through or are going through divorce. Maybe they've recently lost a loved one and they are crushed. I wonder, has anybody thought about ministering to them continually in brotherly kindness? Friends, there are victims everywhere. There are victims of tragedy and pain all around you and I. Have you thought about sharing a little of yourself with some of those people? Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25? Jesus said, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? Lord, when did we see you a stranger, a visitor, a new arrival, and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick? And when did we see you in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of these, the least of my brethren, you did it to me. What does that mean, Bill? That means when, when you visit the prisoner, when you minister to the sick, when you tend to the brokenhearted, it's just like you did it to Jesus. It's just like you visited Jesus. It's just like you were tending to the needs of Jesus. It's just like you were ministering to Jesus himself. And if you don't do those things, it's as if you just don't care about Jesus. Friends, I can tell you that the greatest testimony we have as a church family is when each member of this body shares of themselves for the glory of God. When each one decides, you know what, I'm going to get my hands dirty a little bit for the glory of God. I'm going to dive into their circumstances. I'm going to see how I can help their situation. I'm going to tend to their needs. That's what I mean by getting your hands dirty, plunging into somebody else's business, so to speak. See, brotherly kindness thrives in churches where the members are willing to share of themselves in ministry. But not only ministry, because Hebrews also tells us that we're to show brotherly kindness in marriage. In marriage, look in verse 4. Marriage is honorable above all in the then undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. He says that brotherly kindness needs to continue in marriage. 
When you're married, it ought to continue. Now, if you don't know what brotherly kindness has to do with marriage, you've never been married, and you probably never will be married. Amen? Uh, but your spouse in marriage ought to be your best friend. They ought to be your best friend. But some husbands and some wives, they are friendlier to their buddies than they are to their spouse. The writer has two things to say about marriage. One, he says, let the marriage have an honorable bond. How can marriage have an honorable bond? Well, first of all, you can honor your marriage by speaking highly of it in public and in private. Never say a negative word about your marriage or your mate. Always have a positive Word. Number two, place Christ as the head of your home. Place Christ as the head of your home. Bow before the Lord together as a couple. Pray together. Men, are you hearing me? Say amen if you're hearing me. Men, it's the call of God upon us to take the role of spiritual leadership, to pray with and over our wives. Are you being faithful in that? Number three, how can marriage have an honorable bond? Fulfill your role in that marriage. If you're a husband, be the spiritual leader. Honor your bride, because one day you're going to give an account of whether or not your home counted for God or not. If you're the wife, be the spiritual helper that your husband desperately wants. Be the spiritual helper that your husband desperately needs. Honor your husband and be willing to tell him, well done, if it has. Amen. Let the marriage have an honorable bond. But he doesn't stop there. He kind of gets in our grill. He kind of gets a little personal here. He says, also, let the marriage have an honorable bed. Can you believe the Bible would get into our business like that? Can you believe that the Bible would get so personal? That word, undefiled, there in verse 4, where, he, where the Bible says, and the marital bed undefiled, that word undefiled means not dirty. Can you imagine crawling into bed at night and the sheets were filthy? I don't know about y'all, but I ain't doing it. I'll sleep in the recliner. Undefiled means it's not corrupted. It's not tainted. It's not degraded. Are you getting the picture here? Verse 4c reads, But fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Now, a lot of people put fornication and adultery right in the same basket, but they're different. That word fornication comes from the original Greek word pornea. And that word pornea is where we get the English word pornography. I'm going to tell you with all my heart and soul, men and women, that pornography is a marriage killer. It is a marriage killer. 
But if you want your marriage to be free from both fornication and adultery, there's probably a lot of junk on TV you ought to steer clear of too. Amen? Those actors and actresses, man, they jump in bed and they jump out of bed with anyone and anything they desire. And they don't have to worry about the morals. They don't worry about the consequences. They don't worry about their consciences because it's make-believe. TV rarely shows the incredible heartache and the pain that comes from these kinds of behaviors. So, friend, if you're already flirting with someone or something other than your spouse, I want to tell you with all my heart, come to your senses. Come to your senses. Wake up. Go home and love your wife. Go home and love your husband with all your God. Recommit to being the kind of husband or wife that God has called you to be. Whatever you got to do, you go home and you do it. Philadelphia. Brotherly kindness, we show it by sharing ourselves in ministry. We also show it by sharing our lives in marriage. But here's another place where we can learn brotherly kindness. We can show brotherly kindness with our money. Oh my goodness, here he goes. Here he goes, getting in my grill again, getting in my business again. How in the world are we just supposed to show brotherly kindness with our money? Well, first of all, he says in verse 5, learn to be content. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. You see, if, if you're going to build a life, a life on Christ, then that life needs to be free from the love of money. Remember, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, not the money itself. Money's just a tool. Money's just a resource that God uses for his glory, we pray. But we're not to fall in love with the making of money. We're not to fall in love with being greedy for money. Because the Bible says clearly that greed is the downfall of many people, including Christians. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 19 says, Such is the fate of all who are greedy for gain. It ends up robbing them of life. So the lesson's pretty simple. Have you got money? Hey, don't be greedy with it. If you ain't got money, don't be covetous. Be content with what God has blessed you with. But here's what Jesus said. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the rest of it will fall in place, amen? All the other things will come. It'll be added to you. So I want to ask you, how is your level of contentment? Are you content with such things as you have? Have you worked hard? Have you managed well? Are you content with what God's done in your life? Are you where God wants you to be, financially speaking? Are you seeking after Him, or are you seeking after worldly stuff? Financially content people, they got no problem demonstrating kindness by sharing what God's blessed them with because they know it's not theirs anyway. 
they know that being content is very important. But not only must we uh, learn to be content, we must also learn to be confident. Look at what he continued to say in verse 5. He said, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What are you worrying about? Why are you worrying about money when I've promised you that I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you? He goes on to say, so we may boldly say, the Lord, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He can't do a thing. Amen? Verse 6 says, we may boldly say that we can trust God. He's never left us in times past. He's never going to leave us in times future. So how do we learn to do that? How do we learn to confidently rely on God? Well, the best way to learn how to be confident in God is by learning to be a tither. By learning to be a tither, that is, giving God back one-tenth of your income. That's what a tither is. If you make a hundred bucks, give God back ten. If you make a million dollars, give a tenth. If you make a billion dollars, give them a tenth. Because, see, friend, when you give back the 10% that the Bible directs, you're declaring that you trust God, that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you, and you don't have to worry about what man thinks. But listen, until you truly trust God, you'll never be a tither. So we must learn. Learn to trust in Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. I don't have to worry about giving a measly tenth to the work of God because he's going to multiply that 90% far more than I could ever imagine. And I'll give you a testimony in my own life and in the lives of many people I know that have been willing to do that and to go to that extreme. The bottom line is this. You take care of God's business, He'll take care of yours. Y'all hear me? You take care of God's business, he'll take care of yours. So we got to learn. Show brotherly kindness by sharing ourselves in ministry, sharing our lives in marriage, but also sharing God's blessings with our money. Well, I don't know about you, but I often don't get it until I see it. I often need to see an example. I need to see somebody modeling these principles in my life. And there have been many in the course of my life, other people, but the greatest model, of course, is my Savior, Jesus Christ. He has modeled this kind of brotherly kindness, this Philadelphia. So where do we get our example? Kindness is one of the essential qualities of God himself. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, say kindness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And throughout his earthly ministry, the Lord Jesus himself taught kindness, but he also demonstrated how we should share brotherly kindness he showed compassion he showed brotherly love to countless lost people to countless dying people to countless sick people blind people lame people 
He was constantly sharing brotherly love by meeting their needs. Maybe they needed some food. Maybe they needed something to drink. Maybe they needed to be saved. He displayed the love of God for people who were suffering. And that's the high call of God upon my life and yours. See, today, that's how he expresses kindness. He expresses brotherly kindness in you, but also through you for the glory of God. So as we continue building our lives on Christ, let us not overlook this building block of sharing. Sharing, following the model that Jesus Christ has set for you and I. Share brotherly kindness in ministry to other people. Share brotherly kindness in your marriage with your spouse. Share brotherly kindness with your money in offerings to God. Friend, Jesus Christ showed you love. He showed you brotherly kindness. In doing so, he died on the cross for you. Can you imagine such a special demonstration that the Son of God would do that? He showed his love. He showed his kindness. Why? Because you are special. You are special. And even when you didn't deserve it, even when you were still a sinner, even when you were living in defiance to God, in rebellion to God, the Father sent His Son to die for you. The question that we offer at the conclusion of this service is this. Will you accept the brotherly kindness that God offers you today? Will you accept the love gift that the Father offered in His Son today? Maybe you say, Bill, you know, I need to add that building block. I need to add this building block of brotherly kindness in ministry, in my marriage, and yeah, with my money too. And so I'm going to follow my model, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Maybe you've recognized that today and it's time for you to put a period at the end of that sentence. This decision time is for that. Let me pray for you. Father God, we praise you and thank you so much for this incredible opportunity to worship you not only in giving, not only in praises and exaltation, but Lord, also to worship you in the word, to allow your perfect word to have its work in our lives. Father, help us to build into our lives sharing. Lord, help us to add brotherly kindness as your word requests and demands of us. Father, help us to be faithful believers, having added brotherly kindness in ministry, in our marriages, and even with our resources, with our money. Father, thank you for giving us the perfect example in Christ. Now, Lord, I pray for the decision time that's coming right now. 
Lord, I pray if there's one that has never received the salvation and eternal life that faith in Jesus brings, Lord, that they would not hesitate to recognize that today is the day of their salvation. They don't have to leave here unsaved. They don't have to leave here not knowing if they're going to heaven. They don't have to leave here not knowing if they're in the family of God. They can leave here knowing that they're special. Lord, for the child of God that has been less than faithful in ministry, in their marriage, or Lord, even with their money, Father, as this has spoken to me all week long, I pray that it would speak to my brothers and sisters as well. That, Lord, we would be more diligent to let brotherly love continue. How long, Lord, does it have to continue until 